just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Utah had the second highest rate for opioid overdose deaths in 2012. But we have been slowly changing the tide, in large part because Utahns are carrying around naloxone. It's a life-saving drug that can immediately reverse an overdose. And frankly, there should be a kit in every Salt Lake household. Last year, we assembled an audio guide to identifying an opioid overdose and administering this life-saving drug. And as we head into winter, let's be good neighbors and refresh. It's Tuesday, October 24th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Dr. Plum, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I think that this entire nation is dealing with an opioid crisis, and we all acknowledge that we're in it. But I'm curious how you would characterize this crisis specific to Utah. I think that the awareness has become much greater in the nation and definitely in Utah of what a problem this is. And it's been a journey for Utah because we don't see ourselves as having, I'm using my finger quotes, these kind of problems, right? Mm, Everything's mm -hmm. fine here. Everyone's great. Everything's pretty imperfect. And those sort of things don't happen here. And so to characterize it for Utah, I think we from 2014 in really realizing that we were fourth in the nation for opiate overdose deaths, only states worse than us were Kentucky, uh, West Virginia, and New Mexico. Mm-hmm. We've had this kind of awareness path um, that's come to light. Now, for folks like myself, my brother died of a heroin overdose in Salt Lake in 1996. So this has been in our minds for a long time. But it finally started to come into the public dialogue, you know, in the last 10 years or so. And it went from a very hush-hush topic in in my experience. People didn't really want to talk about it, didn't really want to acknowledge it, didn't want to have it be something that was ever attributed to their family. To then realizing, wow, it's everywhere. It's every home. It's every corner. It doesn't matter what color skin you have, how much money you have, where in the state you live, how much education, it doesn't matter. It's an equal opportunity destroyer to this space of, of more kind of almost activism on behalf of the folks who are at risk. And I've seen that in a lot of, I don't know, unexpected places, right? Like librarians and very conservative political and religious spaces and places where there's no way 10, 15 years ago, these conversations would have been happening. So the journey's been interesting. I mean, it's it's unfortunately along the trail of this journey are a whole lot of folks will never get back. And we can hopefully keep working to the point where, you know, for me, I, I work in this opioid overdose death prevention space, hoping that one day I'll get a phone call that says, you know what, we actually don't need you anymore. You've been great, but there's nobody dying. Why don't you go on to rescue more pugs or something, right? Like that's what I keep hoping. And we're not there yet. I'm curious what you think the path forward looks like now. For me, the path forward and for these efforts, for the overdose death prevention efforts, the path forward looks like 
a re-engagement and a back to basics and a asking our community members who are most impacted, what do you think is needed? What do you feel like is missing? What do you feel like got lost for you in this time? One lesson I've really learned in the last you know, five to 10 years in the space is that you come in thinking you know a lot. You come in thinking you're educated and you've you know, taken the right classes or have the right <laughs> degrees. It's laughable to even hear myself say it, you know, yeah. but really it's, it, it's, it should be a nothing about us without a space. There should be the folks who are most impacted saying, actually, you know what we need? We don't need more of blank. We need more of blank. You know, here we are in this space now saying, all right, if we're really going to help people, and I love that naloxone has become more and more accepted and more and more prevalent in our communities. But naloxone is not the fix to this. Naloxone is the way that we keep people alive. And you cannot get better if you're dead. So let's keep them alive. What about these next steps? What about finding ways to support people in their path? And that means house them. That means educate. That means give jobs. That means applaud every single step in the right direction, any positive change. There's a wonderful human by the name of Dan Big, um, who actually started layperson naloxone efforts in Chicago and was a personal hero of mine. And his his motto was any positive change. And, and there's nothing, I think, more relevant than that. Any positive change. You're moving towards something positive. Great. What can I do to help you with that? I mean, it's a lot, right? Because those are actually relatively small asks in theory. In practice, those aren't small asks, it turns out. Like house people, care for people, help them be employed, help them have health insurance, help them be well. Those are bigger asks than we might realize. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, 
and be one in a class of 19, not 100. I want to talk a little bit about naloxone. Yeah. And you brought up the very good point that you got to keep someone alive. That's the first step. What is, I have a naloxone kit in my house right now. I don't fully understand what it is. Okay. And what it does. Sure. Which are so simple to explain that this makes it easy. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, and I love that people are open to having it. And I love that people, even like you that are like, I know this is important to have. Well, and I got it because I live downtown and one day I walked out onto my stoop and someone handed me, handed it to me and was like, here, put this in your house. (laughs) And here's the website, watch the tutorial, you know. Awesome. People need to get naloxone in the spaces where they're comfortable. If that's your front stoop, if that's your library, if that's your, you know, local fire station where they have it, maybe it is a pharmacy, maybe it is your doctor, but anyone in the state of Utah can have naloxone legally. You have legal protections to be both civil and criminal protections for good faith that you use it. So you think someone is overdosing, you have a naloxone kit, you can feel very well protected legally that you're doing the right thing by stepping in and you are not introducing yourself to like any liability risks. All right, so you've got this thing. You don't exactly know what it is. Well, naloxone has, it's a substance that has one job. You cannot get high with it. You cannot relieve pain with it. You cannot become dependent on it. You cannot overdose on it. The only thing you can do is reverse an overdose on an opioid if that's what someone's experiencing. Okay, the way it does that is it binds to the receptors in your brain where opioid substances sit. So the opioid goes in your brain, it sits on those receptors and it triggers the get high or relieve pain response. It also triggers, if you have too many of them filled, respiratory depression, which means you don't breathe or you're not breathing well. Okay. Naloxone knocks those opioids off of those receptors in the brain. It's like 50 to 75 times stronger affinity or stickiness for those receptors. Wow. And so if you can get it into somebody in time, it'll just kick those opioids off, sit right there on the receptor. And the overdose is over. It's a simple, simple, simple concept that I wish we had more substances like it for other drugs that are out there. So it doesn't work on alcohol, does not work on methamphetamine, does not work on cocaine, does not work on benzodiazepines, which are like nerve pills, Xanax, Ativan, Valium. We have a lot of those in the state. It only works on opioids and you cannot hurt anyone with this substance, which is why it's so like easy for us to get it in so many hands. Yeah. So in your mind, like if you ever had to use it, trust me, I I will predict that you would be terrified. What if I hurt this person? What if I'm wrong? What if? And and you could know that that person in front of you, if it's an opioid overdose, you're going to save their life. If it's a diabetes problem, if it's a stroke, if it's a heart attack, you will not hurt them. Mm -hmm. So what you're looking for when you're wondering if someone's overdosed. So there's five things I teach people. Okay. They're not talking and they're not moving. Those are the first two. Okay. So this is not someone who's like really nodded out and slow and slurred, right? That That's someone who's dosed or high. That's not someone who's overdosed. Overdosed is you're out. You're like, hey, okay. buddy, 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 wake up. Can't get him to wake up sort of thing. All right. First mm-hmm. two things, not talking, not moving. Okay. Then I had to tell people to look at the eyes, the lips, and the lungs. So you're looking for signs. You're looking for clues. Now, sometimes, you know, sometimes someone will say they just shot up heroin and now they're not breathing. Okay. That you probably don't need to look that far if that's what somebody's told you. Or if you know, for example, when when we were, 
you know, with my brother still around, when we found him slumped over and and not responding to us and, and getting an ugly kind of purplish grayish to him, we had a pretty good idea of what it was, right? So don't feel like you have to become a full detective to figure this out. These just are the things you're looking for. So not talking, not moving, eyes, lips, lungs. Now the eyes are going to get tiny, tiny fleck of pepper, like a tiny black pupil. You know how we've, we've popped our eyes open little, big, little, big for the pupils since we're, you can do that in the mirror yeah. since we're kids. Yeah. If you pop somebody's eyes open and that black pupil is like tiny, like I say, fleck of pepper, you, you know all you need to know. That's okay. opioids. Nothing else okay. in medicine causes that. And it won't go up and down. It'll stay little. So that same person, I was like, buddy, buddy, wake up, pop open the eye and you see that you're done. That's the, yeah, that's an opioid. You can feel very comfortable with that. You get 911 on the phone. Okay. But I understand why people are afraid of that, right? We do yeah. have good Samaritan protections. Like I understand, but do your, do the right thing. You will not forgive yourself if that person doesn't wake up and you didn't get them help. All right. So you've, you've, the other signs you're going to look for eyes, lips, lungs. Remember I said they're not breathing. That means they're going to get grayish, purplish lips okay. or sometimes their nail beds too. If you're a darker skinned person, it'll be their nail beds and then lungs. They're not breathing or not breathing right. Mm. Not talking, not moving. Eyes, lips, lungs. Does it have to be 100% of those things? Absolutely does not. Only thing that has to be 100%, they're not awake. You never give naloxone to somebody who's awake. Okay. So that's what you're looking for. And then you have this kit. Every kit that that is out there um, has prescription instructions on it. It has a prescription label, just like anything you pick up at a pharmacy. It is not paraphernalia. The kits that we get out across the state, thousands and thousands of them, they have two syringes and they have two doses of medication. Each little dose of medication comes in a vial. Single individual diet vial is the same dose for everybody. Okay. I mean that truly like six month old baby, six year old German shepherd, 16 year old girl, 60 year old guy. It, mm -hmm. No, it's the same dose for everybody. Okay. And you will see when you take it out of the package, you kind of flip off a little plastic cap that's on the top and there's a rubber stopper. You just go right through it with your needle. And there are videos on this on our website. They're three minute videos, or you can attend one of our trainings if you want, you know, more kind of, you know, just keep reinforcing it in your mind. Okay. And you move the needle down to the bottom of the vial where there's liquid, you pull it all up and then you just inject that right into somebody's big muscle. Pulp fiction, not a thing. Yeah. Okay. Do not <laughs> ever stab anybody in the heart. I think that's where everyone's mind goes, right? Totally. Oh, it is. And Absolutely I, had, I had one grandma ask me, do I make the black mark on their chest? And I was oh, like, God. oh, so that's gone that far. No, it's a big muscle, arm, thigh, butt. And, and you just like, you know, you don't have to do it like you're throwing a dart. You don't have to lean back 90 degrees. Just line it right up with their skin. Like you're getting, think about when you've gotten a booster or a flu shot. Yeah. Right in. And okay. you can go right through close, right through so close. So I don't need to find a vein. No, you do not. Big muscle. Now, they may feel lousy because if you're opioid dependent, that means you're used to having those opioids on your receptors in your body, right? Mm. And when you knock them off, they go into withdrawals. That's how withdrawals happen. So you may make someone feel lousy, but that doesn't hurt them. And I always say, I, I'm sorry you're miserable. I'm really glad you're alive. Like that, that's kind of where it goes for me. It's that simple though. It's, it's truly that simple. And you can use this. We use it in the ER on toddlers. You can, you know, we have a lot of kids and a lot of pills in this state. Guess who gets into pills? I mean, I had one night in my, on my ER shift at primary children's where I had four kids, zero to four all overdosed on opioids at the same time, four different homes. So anywhere there could be opioids, there should be naloxone is kind of my my shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where am I keeping it? I'm keeping it 
in the car, in the glove box? I tell folks, so I always have one on the top of my fridge at my house. I have one in my purse. I have one in my backpack and I have one in my car. I do worry that it gets too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. And so what I tell people is if that's where you're storing it, let's make sure to turn over your kits more frequently, just in case it it loses some of its potency, right? Yeah. Which is another reason I advocate for fanny packs, right? If we all had fanny packs and naloxone in it, the world would be a better place, but fanny packs are getting a little more accepted. Maybe not quite there. Oh yeah. I think they're having a moment. (laughs) They are having a moment. So just tuck your naloxone in your fanny pack, then you're eating more set. And where can people get them? Like if I decide I've got this one in my house, maybe I want to grab one to keep in my backpack. Where do I go to get it? In the Wasatch Front, you can go to any Salt Lake County library. You can go to any Salt Lake City library. You can go to fire departments. There's about 12 different fire departments all up and down the Wasatch Front where they have them. Some of those up in Weber and Davis as well. And then for folks who don't necessarily feel comfortable stepping into a space and saying, I need that kit. Because you you identify all of a sudden as someone either who is at risk of overdose or is around people who are at risk of overdose. And that's intimidating right? Especially in this state where we do a lot of that judging thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can absolutely sign up for one of our virtual free naloxone trainings and you can zoom in from the comfort of your home. You don't have to, you know, sign, you don't have to show us your face or anything, learn how to use it, learn a little bit about the epidemic and we will send a kit to you as well. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get them. If you're just trying to figure it out, you just email us at utahnaloxone at gmail.com and we'll, we'll help you plug into whatever's going to be easiest for you. Awesome. Dr. Pum, thank you so much for your time and the work that you're doing in this space. I'm so so grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. If you want to pick up a naloxone kit for your household or workplace, email utahnaloxone at gmail.com or visit utahnaloxone.org. And if you're a visual learner and want to take a virtual naloxone training, I get it. The next one is on November 16th at 5 p.m. And I put a link in the show notes for you. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.